it is strongly connected to your culture, to competences, of your people, the excellence. Are your employees happy? Happy employees is happy customers. You're listening to B2B Revenue Acceleration, a podcast dedicated to helping software executives stay on the cutting edge of sales and marketing in their industry. Let's get into the show. Hi, welcome to B2B Revenue Acceleration. My name is Aurélien Moutier, and I'm here today with Lisbeth Toroy, Manager of Global Campaigns at Pratt. How are you today, Lisbeth? Thank you, Ray. I'm very uh, good uh, today. Um, actually, I'm in a new role, changing from global campaigns to focus on a Benelux uh, organization with responsible areas as go-to-market and customer engagement. There you so, go. Uh, yeah, very nice challenge for the new year, actually. <laughs> So I think, I think your new role actually makes sense, Lisbeth, because today we're about to talk about the wheel of value and what ingredients are needed to realize growth. But before we get into that conversation, Lisbeth, it would be good if you can well, actually introduce yourself a little bit more, but also explain what's entitled in the new role that you're just about to take on at Pract. Yes. So I'm working for an IT company, Coverage, in Europe, and we help our customers with their IT roadmap. And we actually deliver business agility with cloud and data center services. And uh, along my own journey, I actually have been developing myself from execution to a more strategic level. And in that journey, um, I discovered that there is actually more needed than only targets, processes, and well-performing departments to realize growth. And actually, there came my whole idea around creating the wheel of value. Okay. And what about product as an organization? What's the role of product as an organization? So as a business, we help our customers with their IT roadmap. And we want to deliver business agility because at the end, IT should help the business in their goals and roadmap. And we do that with cloud and data center services in a nutshell. Okay, that makes perfect sense. So, so Lisbeth, when we, 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 we talk about growth, there is a, a number of elements that needs to be aligned and, and in motion to, to drive the business growth. From your perspective, what are these elements? Yes, yeah, so, well, first of all, I did discover that we need much more than only setting the targets and the right processes and having our well-performing departments, uh, having those in place. So diving a little bit deeper or analyzing how the business should look like and also what to implement in the strategy, I actually discovered that people a major role in actually in growth. And when I talk about people in my strategy, it's of course customers and employees. But if we take it broader, we also talk about other partnerships, eco-partners or vendors, investors. So people is broader than only employees and customer experience. But, but in this model, I focus on employees and customer experience. And not to forget the third one, and that is the revenue engine. Okay, that makes perfect sense. So can you can you tell us a little bit more about what is the revenue engine? Because I, I think you know, employees and customers, that makes perfect sense. Everybody knows what it is, but what is your definition of revenue engine? Yes. So if you look at revenue engine, you need to have several things in place. And of course, you know, we all think immediately about setting the targets and having, you know, the processes in place, but there's so much more to it. 
an example. So in terms of buying and retention, what do customers buy from us? Also in terms of upsell, cross-sell. How high is the retention? What can we get more out of it if we build proper customer lifecycle framework, for example? That could influence a retention high, uh, up to 5% high or uh, five times higher, sorry, than if you don't uh, put effort into that customer lifecycle management. So that is one, exa- uh, ex- one example of that. And I have actually, I have five sub-ingredients connected to the revenue engine to, yeah. to address the needs, actually, uh, to contribute to growth. That makes five perfect sense. Around that, if you like. Yeah, yeah, that, absolutely. That would be great. Yes. Yeah, so the second one is commercial alignment. If the commercial teams were work in silos, so they are aligned, but still in silos, their own targets, their own way of working, you will never be that successful than when you're one team or a team with shared goals and targets. Yeah. And the third one is the go-to-market approach. So actually, how do you bring your offerings to the market? And it's not only how, but also is the market waiting for your product or service? Mm-hmm. So how are you going to do that mapping? And that shouldn't be based on assumptions, but based on proper market insights. So that is an important one. I already mentioned the aligned measurements. So that is really a critical one as well. And some uh, some thing that sometimes forget is market innovation and market innovation yeah innovation yes yeah. so most of the times they look at you know what are we doing in terms of innovation for our customers but at the same time what are you doing internally to innovate also in the terms of dr- drink your own champagne or <laughs> eat your own dog food <laughs> or drink your own champagne but innovation <laughs> yeah exactly so this yeah this digital transformation but also innovation in general should be high on the agenda and part of not only a three year strategy plan but also of the of the yearly planning of local countries to keep that on the agenda or keep bring it on the agenda and create plans around it and also see that not from a cost perspective, but from an investment perspective. So, yeah, so this revenue engine covers five elements. Yep. Of course, you can connect it to the employee part as well, because it is strongly connected to your culture, to competences, of your people, the excellence. Are your employees happy? Happy employees is happy customers. That's what I say, and I that's where I believe in. So. That is, well, actually, we already had two-thirds of the pie covering growth, of course, a very high-level point of view. Yeah, uh, so so that makes sense. So, you know, we we always have, uh, or we always tend to hear or see some sort of graphics or infographic on LinkedIn and other social media about uh, it's much more difficult to acquire a client and and much more costly to an organization to acquire a client than it is to, to keep one. What are your thoughts on that? Yes. So if you're in terms of um, acquire new logos, new customers, mm-hmm. it's very important that you target the right ones. Shooting in the wild, well, you know, you spend a lot of money and resources and the result will be poor, at least yep. worse than when you are really targeted or focusing on the right targets. So based on this market knowledge, 
and what you have to offer and how you also differentiate in the market, it's very important that you uh, create your ideal customer profile. And setting that up, targeting that way, so really going through the checklist, how, uh, how high are they scoring on that? And are, are we going after that customer to add that value to them? Uh, that makes a big difference in that approach. Uh, and also not only from handing it over from marketing to sales, but re really working closely together down the uh, demand waterfall, working together to yeah, actually not pushing, but to nurture a lead or a contact through that funnel and take them in the journey. And at the end, hopefully closing uh, the deal. So that is the acquiring part. If you talk about retaining, I strongly believe in relationship. Mm -hmm. How do you turn a customer into a fan or an advocate? That is very critical here. And that is not something that happens overnight. It but do you think, what do you think the, the company should put their investment? What, what do you think is the most expensive or maybe the most complicated? Is it, is it, is it acquiring a few customers, but making sure that you keep them all so you've got the wheels of growth kind of going because you kind of add, it, add up in terms of revenue. So you see, it's almost, I guess I, I'm picturing in my head right now some sort of mm -hmm. a graphic where you see like a staircase revenue grows because you keep customers and and as you keep them you add new customers every month every quarter and you see your revenue growing so I, I guess my question was more around the from your perspective and your experience in working with your clients where do you think how would you spread the focus so if you've got 100 percent of a sales team or 100 percent of the human capital of a company 100 percent of the employee in sales or in customer retention no matter what they are doing but a client facing type of role would you put 30% mm -hmm. of your effort into acquisition and 70% of your effort in retention? Would you do a 50-50? Is it something that you would adapt based on the life cycle of the organization, the market, and you may start with actually 60% acquisition, 40% retention, and then something that evolves mm -hmm. over time? It's yeah. more kind of the, you know, as we are speaking about the wheels of value and, and growth yeah. and kind of thinking something that is progressing over time. And that's why I wanted to get your, your thoughts around. Yes. So I think it depends a little bit the company and their portfolio. So let's say you have a broad portfolio like ProRect, for example. It's very important to, to, to analyze which part of the portfolio you're selling to your customers. So if you know that, for example, you're, they only take 10%, but they are willing to based on survey and there's an opportunity for 30%. So then I would say, fully, well, fully focus for 70% or 80% your current customers. But then I'm talking about the upsell, cross-sell perspective. And then, of course, you, you always want to bring in some, some new customers, new logos, because it can happen. That doesn't matter what effort you put into it that, you know, a customer is going to leave. So you can't ignore it, but then you can go at least for a year for the full focus that you get yeah, most out of it in terms of upsell, cross-sell. But at the end, on for the long term, it's not only about that. It is how do you become actually trusted advisor? How are you going to build up that relationship? That's, you know, whatever they want to, to buy or what they have on the road, that you are a spokesperson to them. And that is more important, well, as important as well, because you really have to 
start working on that long-term relationship with your customers. Because if you do, and they turn into advocates, they will actually yeah. sell the portfolio for you. Yeah. And I think there's a big win. And I think a lot of companies don't focus enough on this customer life cycle part. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So, so coming back to the three elements that you mentioned earlier on, so the employee, the revenue engine, and, and the customer experience, would you say that they all play an equal part? Or would you say that there is one particular, one particular element of, of that wheel that is most, more important than another? Yeah, that was a good question because I, when I created it uh, together with a colleague, I was I didn't think in that way about it. It's more about the things that play a major role in. But the question was very valid because when I was thinking about it, it's at the end it's employees because mm-hmm. if you look at employees, they are the one who you know if they have the right competences and if they are happy employees and so on they are able to build up the right revenue engine. And together with the right culture within the employee part of PI, building up the right processes, aligning schools, ethics, and so on, you can really work towards the perfect customer experience. So if I have to choose one, it will be employees. Okay. And I think employees are, you know, your most valuable asset as well. Yeah, I agree with you. Great company, yeah. So employees are, yeah. If you look at companies, no, it's more like a kind of well, uh, an asset and a negative word. You know, the job needs to get done instead of really seeing the value of uh, what you can get out of it. Mm-hmm. If you have the right ones or the high potential ones, having a very good eye on what modern leadership means instead of traditional management. So these things are, you know, uh, dependencies, of course. But uh, yeah, I absolutely go for employees. Absolutely. No, I agree with you. And it's a big thing for us. Employee employee retention, employee development, you know, growing people from within, offering people opportunities to grow internally within the business. So you can give them back the loyalty that they've been giving you in the first place by doing a good job in their current role. So all the all the things around promotion and helping people to grow their career, grow their their experience is a big thing for us. So I would I would definitely agree with you that employee is really important. And being a company that has been investing a lot in its employees and developing employees, and actually in our business, if you think about it, absolutely hundred percent of the people that have been that have been promoted or are, are in position of management, apart from mm-hmm. our finance function, which is very specialist and and obviously, we need to have people who are with good qualification on that side are coming from the bottom. They're coming from working in the team and making all their way up to where they are right now. And while I think it's relatively painful because you need to you need to uh, sometimes give someone three months, six months to adapt to a new role because they've never done it before. And maybe mm-hmm. it would be easier to uh, to recruit someone from the outside that's got an MBA or a PhD on that specific topic. <laughs> or at yep. least experience and come up with new ideas. I think what you get is really a loyalty. And in the long term, it's culture. It's about developing a culture of the company. Exactly, and, you know, exactly. We, we, we really pride ourselves that actually not only is great for the customers because we've got customers that go off for one year, two years doing some other stuff and then they come back and they say, well, you still have the same team in place. I'm still speaking to the same people. This is wonderful. But also it's great when we are trying to attract new talents. So when we've got exactly. people to an interview, 
the people who are sitting on the other side of the table are people that were in their shoes maybe one year, two years, three years ago. And, and they can speak about their experience. They are live example of the success of the company. And I think that's, that's, that's so important. And, and people sometimes, and I think it's also employees sometimes. Employees don't tend to look at the progression internally and they believe that maybe doing one year here, another year there, and moving ship every 18 months is, is a good thing for their career. Well, it, mm-hmm. it could be, but I think the way I, at least the way I tend to recruit is I always look at how long people have been staying in the company they have, they've been promoted, have they been showing loyalty? And that loyalty is important because if they are loyal to you, they will be loyal to their clients. And, exactly, and yeah. you know, it's, it's growth. So my next question is, is, is more about the fact that I've, I'm a bit of a number freak and I, from <laughs> when it comes to business, I like to measure stuff and I like to, I like to understand what success means and, you know, take the whiteboard over and then put some KPIs in place and all that. So you, you probably already feel where I'm going. But in regards to measuring growth, uh, there is some, Obvious KPIs, like you know, revenue growth, profit growth, and all that. But from your perspective, what are the KPIs that needs to be measured to understand what success looks like from growth perspective? Yes, so I can mention a few. So actually, in the in this model, I connected also in the sub ingredients. I connected metrics to it because if you can't measure anything, you know, it becomes a kind of nice to have. So uh, absolutely right, how important uh, metrics are in this, and I think. Uh, I won't say the most simple one, but your net promote score, your NPS, that is a very important one. Uh, I would say if you talk about growth, what is your share, share wallet? How big is your retention? If you look at the customer side, well, retention is, of course, also customer side, but also how many customers turn in the end into advocates? And yeah. how does the high potential employee score looks like? And yeah, and of course, very simple one. Are you hitting your revenue targets? But that can be a challenge as well. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. But also uh, so one among employees, do you have a five-star ranking of the best place to work? And what effort are you putting into that to, be, to get that uh, five-star ranking? Yeah, of course, that makes perfect sense. Just a few ones and talk about that. I can talk hours about this and also how to measure it, but... Uh, but I think these are very, well, simple things to measure. But also, when a seller becomes a customer, having the right surveys in place and actually act upon those surveys. Because they're oh, we get a seven, oh, that's fine. But what actions are, you, uh, actions are you going to connect? Or are you going to change your strategy to become a nine instead of a seven? These are very simple things to do. But the risk is that everyone goes over in their, their daily responsibilities and forget about the bigger whole and more strategic, keeping the strategic point of view in your mind and, you know, kind of having that as a feedback loop, loop all the time. Okay, this is how we created the strategy. How does it look like? How is it evolving? Do we have to change things here in our approach? You know, that is something that needs to stay alive from my perspective. Otherwise, it becomes a kind of bad document that is a big risk. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, thank you very much for our insight, Beth. I really enjoyed the conversation today and some interesting thoughts that, uh, that, that you brought to the table. So, so if anyone wants to carry on the conversation or, or get in touch with you or engage with, with Pratt, what would be the best way to engage with you, Beth? 
Uh, I think probably LinkedIn. Um, I don't know if that is possible to share that. And uh, yeah. Yeah, I would be very happy to connect with people to, to that they share their thoughts or the challenges uh, because I really like to talk about this topic. And also from a peer-to-peer perspective, helping your colleagues in the field with their challenges. Uh, that's something I really like. Okay, perfect. Well, if we... Uh, so, so what we will do, we will share the the podcast anywhere on our LinkedIn page. So I'm sure people will be able to find you and, and add you to, to get started from there. So once again, I wanted to thank you for your time, Lisbeth. It was great to have you on the show today. Well, thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. Operatics has redefined the meaning of revenue generation for technology companies worldwide. While the traditional concepts of building and managing inside sales teams in-house has existed for many years, Companies are struggling with a lack of focus, agility, and scale required in today's fast and complex world of enterprise technology sales. See how Operatics can help your company accelerate pipeline at operatics.net. You've been listening to B2B Revenue Acceleration. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.